Oh, what is the Epskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX GamerCast. We're on episode 81 of my little gaming show, where once a week I just have to talk about video games, new video games that I'm playing today, old video games from my past, old video games that I never played, new video games that I've never played. It doesn't matter if you like video games, you might have a good time here. And today I am doing a modern review on the massive Persona 3 Reload. Took me all month to finally get through it, and finally I get to do a review on it. But before we get into the review, Let's talk about what I've been up to over the last week or so, and I always encourage you, the listener, the viewer, let me know what you've been up to over the last whatever amount of time, what TV shows are you diving into, what movies have you seen, and, of course, what video games are you playing right now? Let me know and shout out your recommendations, y'all. There's so much stuff out there, I can't keep my finger on all the pulses, but I will let you know what I've been up to this week. It was a pretty big week. Let's start with some TV shows. My wife and I finished off F1 Drive to Survive, the new season, season six. We absolutely crushed it. Probably one of our favorite shows to watch together, and it was awesome. Season six was very, very good. And uh, yeah, if you have not checked out F1 Drive to Survive, you don't need to be into F1 whatsoever. I didn't know a single thing about it before I started watching it. And now my wife and I are even considering watching the real races. So yeah, it's a, it's a really, really well done show with a lot of great characters in it. The drivers are very awesome and it was a very interesting season for sure. Can't wait for the next season of Drive to Survive. It is freaking excellent. Gotta check it out. It's on Netflix. Wife and I are also continuing with Umbrella Academy season two. She's starting to fall off on it a little bit because there's like um a time traveling gimmick to it and she's not a big fan of that I'm a huge fan of time traveling so um yeah we've been slowing down on that one it's I still like it quite a lot it's a really cool show that I've heard nobody talk about before check it out watch a trailer it's a unique show good characters pretty damn good story and yeah I would recommend it check out Umbrella Academy and my wife and I started watching Survivor, like that, yeah, that show, the reality TV show. Uh, sadly, not the newest season, we're going to start watching the newest one, it just started, but couldn't get it working last night, so we just decided to watch one of the older seasons, and we show. I don't know what season it was, but it's Millennials versus the... I think it's Gen X or whatever. It's interesting. We've watched a couple episodes. I will admit I want to watch more. I'm addicted to Survivor again. I was a huge Survivor kid growing up. I was I was there when it first started. My my dad, my sister, and I, we would all watch it. Probably like the first four or five seasons of it. We just must watch television for, for us. And then, yeah, I haven't watched Survivor in a very long time kind of walked by, saw my wife watching some Survivor. I'm like, hey, I want to watch some of that. So started watching it, and yeah, it's Survivor. It's a lot of fun. And I got a movie in this week, and that movie was Gran Turismo, the PlayStation video game made into a movie. Now, I, I admit, I was a little like, oh, Gran Turismo into a movie? Like, what? It actually works very good. It was a good movie. I enjoyed this movie. Uh, It's got the dude from Stranger Things in it, the older guy. I have no idea who his name is. But the best thing about this movie is that it's actually based off of a true story where they 
uh, had a, a video game competition for Gran Turismo, the video game. Whoever wins that competition has a chance to drive real racing cars. It sounds insane, but it actually happened, and it worked. The guy became like a really good driver and everything. Uh, they play a little bit with, uh, you know, the video game. There's some, like, camera angles that are like the video game. Some sound effects, I would imagine, from the video game. I would admit I've never played Gran Turismo before. But, yeah, they, it definitely felt a little bit like a Gran Turismo trailer endorsement. That so many times are like, oh, this is the greatest simulator of all time and stuff like that. It, it felt a little bit like a commercial for sure. But it was a good movie. It was good, well-acted. The, the racing scenes were great. Uh, coolest thing about it is, like, the real guy that's based off of this movie. He was doing the driving stunts in the movie. So he's doing his own stunts. He's not acting in the movie. They have a, another actor. But, yeah, it was really cool. The crash scenes were the probably my favorite part of the movie. The crashes were excellent. And, uh, yeah, I won't spoil it. But definitely worth a shot to check out this movie. It, it doesn't, like go crazy with the story or anything it's it's pretty vanilla in terms of that but it's just a good looking movie it's got good action with the racing and yeah it was a pretty damn fine movie i'm hitting it with a seven out of ten it was a lot better than you would expect out of a gran turismo movie i would imagine and that's all the games or sorry all the movies and tv shows i got into this week and let's talk about some video games a pretty big interesting week for myself in video games so obviously Played the bejesus out of Persona 3 this week and finished that off. And when you finish a game of the size of Persona, it literally took me all month long. I've been playing this game pretty much every day for a month. And uh, yeah, when a game like this ends, it's uh, you get into a little bit of a gaming funk after you get through this. So I've been jumping around to a handful of different games here. So uh, I was continuing on with my Metal Gear Rising. I beat it. And I think I'm going to do a review on it. I think there's enough meat on the bone, if you will, for a review of that game. Uh, very, very interesting game right there. And I feel like I'm going to be talking about Metal Gear Rising on a bunch of list videos. It was a hard video game. It was very hard, uh, but I got through it. And yeah, I think it deserves a review. So be on the lookout for a Metal Gear Rising review at some point. I finished that off, finished off Lego Star Wars, at least episode 9 with my wife, so we did like the final trilogy, I don't know if we're going to go back and do like episodes 1 through 6, we've played them before, so I don't know, again, it's Star Wars, can't go wrong, but then this one was very interesting, I picked up Bellatro, so Bellatro you may have heard of, it's kind of taking the world by storm a little bit here, and I've been hearing nothing about it, and the concept of it just sounded so cool, I had to go out and buy it right away, and uh, so basically what it is, it's a poker roguelite, so you're, you're, you're using a poker, it's like a roguelike uh, deck building thing, so if you like Slay the Spire, this is definitely something that's going to speak to you heavily, it's extremely addicting, it's super fun, and uh, the concept of it is so simple, but fuck is it ever just, just awesome, so using a poker deck, using poker hands and shit, you don't really have to know poker or even like poker to, to get a lot out of this game, uh, I, I'm fine with poker, I'm aware of it, I played it, it's fine, uh, but Jesus, this ever addicting, you can, you're going on these runs and you're trying to level up your, your, your hands, like, I had a really good run the other night where I was using straights a lot, 
And there, I got this one card, like, you can get these little upgrades, these little Joker cards that give you little benefits, and you're trying to, basically, the, the goal is you're trying to hit a score with poker hands. So it's like, all right, round one, you got to get 300 points, and, you know, if you, if you lay down a nice straight, you're going to get, like, 350 points, and then you start adding multipliers, and, oh my goodness, it is so much fun, it is definitely a game that's, like, one more run, oh, I want to try this, and it's just it's different every single time. Like at certain time I've had runs where I, I just focused on getting pairs. It's like, all right, I got all these little bonuses for pairs. So I'm going to start building pairs. My favorite by far has been doing straights and flushes. I got this one Joker card where it's like, all right, it only, it takes one less card to pull off a straight or a flush. So I only need four cards, which was huge. So I'm pulling off straights and flushes left and right, getting huge multipliers. It is insanely fun. I cannot recommend this game uh, more. It is 20 bucks on, I think, I don't know if it's where it's at. I'm playing it on Switch. It's excellent handheld game. You could just pick it up and play. It is awesome. It is so freaking good. I am, yeah, having a really good time. Whenever there's a spare moment where I don't know what to do with myself, it's Bellatro time every single time. So check that game out. It is a ton of fun. And then a couple of racing games I've been putting along with here. Uh, watching Drive to Survive, I got the hankering for a racing game. I have a bunch on the docket that, you know, they're they're just... Pick one, and I chose between these two, kind of very different, but they're both simulation-y style racers. So we'll do Forza Motorsport first. Uh, came out last year, and it's a, it's Forza Motorsport. It's racing circuits. It's very simple. It's beautiful looking. It drives. It's great. If it's if you played a Forza game, it's a Forza game. It's it's fine. Uh, at some points, I can sit there and bang out a few races. Sometimes I'm like, I'll do one race and I'm done. It's uh. I still much prefer the Horizon video games. They're just a lot more variety and more different shit to do. And it's just a lot more fun in general. But if you like simulation racers, you can't get much better than Forza Motorsport. Pretty damn good. And then I tried a different one. Uh, that game is Snow Runner. I've seen this game lots of times. I've seen my buddy playing it. I see a really strong community behind this game. I'm like, all right, what is going on here? This game gets tons of support, and I decided to check it out, and I found out that it's basically getting stuck in the mud simulator. You're driving these big rigs and trucks and shit in these horrific conditions, and you're just, you're getting stuck in the mud. You're you're getting stuck in the snow and the swamps, and you're just delivering shit. It's very simulation. If you don't like simulation games, you don't like Forza, you think Forza's too simulation-y, this is even more simulation-y than Forza. And um, yeah, it's it's a tough game to recommend. It is most certainly not for everybody. I don't think... But there's something weird about it, man. Like, I, I find myself being... Like, I played it for a handful of hours, and I was like, why is this, like, oddly fun? Like, it's so slow. You, you spend, like, six minutes just trying to get through a fucking puddle of mud and you're fucking uh, winching onto trees trying to pull yourself out and it's crazy man it's a very wild game i i'm i commend the developers for taking a concept like this and turning it into a video game and making it fun and i i'm you know i don't have a racing rig or simulation i don't have a wheel i don't have any of that stuff playing with a controller and I don't know what it is, man. It's, there's something fun about it. I, I can't understand it. It's so painfully slow and grindy. 
even the homie Kyle who plays it, he was like, yeah, you really got to like want to play it. And I, I 100% understand what he's talking about because like what you're doing, basically, you get these big areas that you're driving in, almost like a big open world space. And you have like watchtowers you go to find and you'll like open up the area. But like you'll get these contracts and it's like, all right, go to this place, pick up these fucking skids of wood or whatever, and then bring it over here. And I don't know, something will be an obstacle in your way. It's like, oh, the bridge is out. You're going to have to take this side route. And this side route is fucked. It's all muddy and fucked up and shit. And you're getting stuck. Yeah. And the worst part is like, if you fuck up a mission, starting all over again, it's just a massive grind. So one thing I was doing similar, like, all right, you're, I'm taking this shit. And they're like, oh, well, this is blocked up. I'm going to have to go off road. Went off road, took a wrong turn, ended up halfway up a fucking snowy mountain, Rolled down the mountain, lost everything, had to start over, and I was like, I'm not doing, like, this huge 20-minute drive all over again. I was like, okay, so, don't know if I'm going to be continuing on with SnowRunner, but, like, I see why people like it. Like, there's, like, if I had a, a wheel and a rig and everything, I can have a lot of fun with this game for sure, but it is very different. Um, yeah, I can't really recommend it for a lot of people, but if you, if it sounds interesting to you, it's very different. I can't say I've ever played anything like it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very weird game. That's, that's really all I got on that. And that is all I have been playing. I will, I will say that I have Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. It is now downloaded onto the PlayStation. I was going to start it today, but I kind of woke up late, had a lot of recording to do today, so I decided I was just going to play some Forza. But I have Sekiro. It's downloaded. I am very close to starting it. I'm like, I got that itch, you know, with the Elden Ring, Shadow of the Urtree getting announced. I'm like, all right, I, I got to get my soul fingers going. With Metal Gear Rising, I still have an itch for some hard... Fast place sword uh, parry action gameplay. So yeah, I think I'm gonna be starting up Sekiro. Uh, th- I have th- literally three games sitting here, and I'm trying to decide which one I want to do first. And it's Sekiro: Last of Us Part Two, which I have played before, but I haven't done the remastered, so I have that. And Metal Gear Solid Five, which I have tried three or four times now, haven't gotten into it. And I, yeah, I have it down here, looking at it. And seeing if I can get back into that. But I think I'm going to start with Sekiro and wish me luck. Because that is going to be a very tough video game. And that is everything that I've been up to. Uh, Let me know what you've been up to over the last week or so. And let's get into it, baby. The massive Persona 3 Reload Review. Let's do this shit. Oh baby, it is Persona season yet again, and if you've listened to my top 10, 13 favorite franchises episode, you might know that I am a pretty big fan of Persona these days, and I was very much so looking forward to Persona 3 Reload coming out, and I downloaded it on Game Pass Day 1 and have been playing it ever since, and I only just finished it a couple of days ago, and yes, I have been in that gamer funk ever since that game has finished, and I don't know what to do with myself, because Persona is so hard to just move off of. It is such a spectacular, massive video game. I'll pull that band-aid off right now. This game is freaking huge. Probably going to be my most played video game of the year, because I don't know if there's going to be a game that's beating over 120 hours. So if that scares you off, um, 
yeah, Persona games are very, very long. Uh, yeah, th th this was a very long video game. So, but they're so worth it, man. The the story, the adventure that they take you on, it is so much fun. So let's try and break down the concept of Persona 3 Reload. What the heck is this game all about? Well, it's a massive RPG with a little bit of a simulation spin put onto it uh you know simp simply put you're living your life during the day you're making friends you're going to school you're doing activities and all that great stuff and at night you're fighting monsters and shadows and trying to save the world uh you're playing as a second year student who ends up joining the joining this organization called Cease, and yeah, they like to fight shadows after midnight and they're trying to figure out what is going on with this disease that has overtaken your town called apathy syndrome and it just it basically it's like depression it's just sucking the wind out of everybody making them not want to do anything and just basically becoming useless husks of people that they once were so we're trying to figure out what the hell is going on why is everybody getting this disease and why are their shadows showing up why is this massive 3,000 foot tall building showing up at midnight so yeah we got to figure out what the hell is going on with this and in terms of the storyline and everything that is going on here, it may have like your charming kind of lots of color and all that stuff on the outside might look like a charming little video game. But and it is it is absolutely but there are a lot of heavy topics throughout this video game you're talking depression you're talking loneliness suicide death the meaning of death the afterlife all that stuff so it's a very heavy game there's a lot of heavy topics there's heavy moments with your friends and and yeah so it's got a lot going on with it and and that sort of vein and I will not be spoiling anything no spoilers I will I will hint at a thing here or there but no major storyline spoilers nothing like that you're you're in the clear in this review so we'll be talking about the graphics the sound design the gameplay I'll talk about some of my big favorite moments that I experienced throughout the game with no spoilers and of course we got to talk about the characters of this game because it's Persona, man. The characters are the bread and butter of these of these games. So we'll get into all of that stuff. We broke down the story, the concept a little bit. And let's get into the graphics of this game. It is a very sharp-looking video game. Now, I didn't play the original Persona 3, but I've always been aware of the Persona franchise. I mean, I remember reading about this game in the magazines way back in the day and... The concept of shooting yourself in the head just really blew my mind. And and we'll get into that mechanic once we get to the gameplay. But I remember reading that and I was like, what? That sounds insane. The concept sounded unlike anything I've ever heard of before in a video game. This came out in like 2006, 2005, somewhere around there. And yeah, the, the idea of going to school, living a normal life throughout the day. And then at night you go out and fight these monsters sounded really, really cool to me. I did actually play a little bit of the, the original Persona games back in the day. They didn't hit right away with me. I was a younger man, maybe, I don't know, not very story-driven at the time. Don't know why those games didn't hit for me at the time, but they didn't. Uh, I didn't get into the Persona series until Persona 5. I played that, and just it's been no looking back ever since, but... Nice, sharp, colorful art style in this game. Looks like a Persona game, like it's... It's sharp, it's colorful, very flashy, especially when it comes to the combat. 
like once you get into that combat you're oh yeah very very flashy very anime like you know it's got a lot of great style great animation to it as well and they have a little bit of anime like cutscenes in there not too many i would i would definitely i would love a lot more i i'm always down for anime cutscenes fucking love them especially in persona uh, i would say out of the persona games that i've played three four and five i think this one probably had the least amount of anime cutscenes. could be wrong but they were there and they were always freaking awesome i am dying dying for an anime tv show for persona i would love that please make it happen maybe it's already out there and i just don't know about it regardless it's uh yeah the anime cutscenes look really good the only thing that I, I'm not really, it's not really a negative per se, I think it's part of the art style, but like, some of the NPCs around the world, they don't have faces, some of them, some of them don't have eyes, they have no expressions on their faces and stuff like that, I don't, I, like, that's kind of been like a theme throughout all the Persona games, so I, I don't know if that's just what they're going for, I don't know if that was just a lack of timing, that we're not gonna put in a whole bunch of extra detail and background characters, uh, there's a nightclub that you go to, and inside of that nightclub, there are people dancing, but not dancing. They're just standing completely still, and just they're just standing there. And now it's a lot of the background people, that's, that's what they're doing. They're not moving around, they're not really interacting or doing anything. So it's kind of a, a standstill world that you're living in, and you're just moving around it. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're sort of moving, but yeah, it was really glaring when I got into that nightclub, and, and people just have, like, their arms raised up in the air. I'm like... What the fuck is going on in here? One of those uh, flash mobs where everyone's frozen still for a second? Am I ruining it? I don't know. But, um, yeah, it was noticeable. It didn't take away from the gameplay. Like, all the main people that you need to talk with, the, the important people, they're all animated. They have faces and expressions and shit like that. Uh, they don't go over the top, like outside like when you're just walking around the place and you walk up to a person chat with them their mouths aren't moving like perfectly and they're not really doing a whole lot and it's not like it's just like uh the little picture pops up with their face and you're just you're doing a lot of reading but there's also a lot of voice acting we'll talk about that i guess right now let's just we'll just dive into the sound design i think the graphics they look great lots of color great art style it's gonna look good for a very 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 long time so i'm down with all of that just some of it didn't have as much detail as some of the other stuff but yeah lots going on the the area that you're in i, I it's in japan don't know if it's a particular place but i fucking love the japan setting i love i love it it's beautiful with the cherry blossom trees oh my god i love cherry blossom trees so much and the seasons are changing throughout the game you're basically going through like a year, two years of, of, of your, I think just one year. So you're, you're at least experiencing a full year of, of season changes in Japan. And it's, it's different than what we experience here in Canada. I think our winters and everything are opposite. Regardless, it's just, yeah, it's a really nice looking game. I think, um, my favorite part is whenever the cherry blossom season is and in front of the school, there's just like the long walkway. It's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. Looks Looks great. All right, so that's enough with the graphics. We'll slide into the sound design and all that stuff. And 
Probably the other side of that bread and butter is the music in Persona games. Absolutely fucking legendary soundtracks in all these games. And each one has a little bit of a theme. So in Persona 5, you kind of had like this jazz kind of theme going on with it. In 4, I can't 100% remember what the theme was in 4. But in Persona 3, you get this kind of like rap uh, techno-y kind of thing going on with it. I, I love it. I think the music is excellent, especially with the little... I love the rap. I love the rap so much. It's so good back there. It's so funky. And yeah, it still has that little jazziness in there. Super catchy themes. Um, the only one that drives me nuts is like the battle theme. The... Oh, fuck. Uh... Fucking disturbing the peace. Look into my eyes. Oh my! I, you know how many times I fucking heard that playing through this game? A solid eight gajillion times. I mean, oh my goodness! But uh, great music in Persona, man. I was just going through the original soundtrack, trying to figure out what songs I'm going to throw in here. Very challenging. Like just eight, just one second into the song, I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly where I was, and and. Oh yeah, I know exactly the setting for this song. It's I love the music in Persona. Going to go down is some of my favorite music in all of video games. It's so fucking good. And even if I heard Disturbing the Peace 8 million times, it, it didn't really get annoying. I will admit that I ended up turning down the music. Because it, I don't know, it just seemed like it was louder than everything else, which I understand. They're very proud of the music, and they should be, but I ended up turning it down. It also made for a great podcasting game, because half, I mean, there's, I don't know, I'd say 70% of the the audio is voice, but there's a chunk of it that you're just reading it. So I, I found it to be a really good podcasting game. I can listen to a podcast, still hear the music, still hear the, the voice acting just dandy. And speaking of that voice acting, wow, absolutely outstanding voice acting in this game. And there's no one that's really annoying like Teddy was in Persona 4 that I have to really worry about. So there's no Teddy in this one. They do have like that generic kind of girly, super shy kind of situation, but she isn't all that annoying. There's a young little girl in it. Um, Kind of annoying, you know, just little girl, just, ah, hello, and stuff like that. It's I think the voice acting is outstanding. I have to shout out whoever was voice acting Junpei. Junpei was, wow, man. Like, this guy took it to another level. Like, there, he has a really good range throughout the game. Like, he has, like, he's kind of your generic, not really generic, but your typical, like, goofy anime guy. Like, oh, he doesn't really do good in school. He likes to goof around, have a good time. But then he has, like, these really fucking powerful emotional moments and like he gives it his all in some scenes in this game man like it was very very noticeable um i think by far junpei was the 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 best performance in this game he's very 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 good but everyone across the board the voice acting in persona is is outstanding everyone's doing really good yeah man and um we'll break down more of the characters in in a moment but uh yeah Good job from Junpei. God damn, that guy was outstanding. The music is outstanding. Of course it is. It's a freaking Persona game. So before we dive into the character talk and the moments, let's talk about the gameplay. Let's talk about what we're doing in this game from the moment to moment. So like I said, during the day, you're going to school. Yeah, sometimes you'll get asked questions by your teachers. And there is a fucking ton of information in your classes that you're getting on shit that... 
I have no idea about. Like, there's a lot of history and just kind of Japanese culture stuff that you're going to be learning about. Real information, like legitimate information, and they will quiz you on this stuff. They'll be like, hey, you paying attention? What did I, who did I just say? And and it all plays into um, your upgradable abilities, which are your charisma, your intelligence, and your courage. So these are your three characteristic traits that you'll be upgrading throughout the game, and you upgrade them by doing activities. Answering questions correctly in class will build up your charisma. It'll make you more popular in your class. You can even fall asleep during class. If there's a lecture going on, it'll give you an option. It's like, hey, I'm getting a little sleepy. You want to fall asleep? Test your courage out. Fall asleep in front of the teacher, and bam, you're increasing your courage during class and stuff. So during school, you're participating in that you get to do the exams which are uh, a staple in the persona games you'll as you're learning you know your teacher will be like hey this this is on the the quiz and you'll have to remember uh the questions that they asked you and it's all multiple choice they're not hard and uh yeah if you do well on your exam you get more stats you become more popular you get smarter and all that great stuff and all of those, like if you're, uh, it'll give you more access to other things. There'll be certain characters that's like, oh, you can't talk to, you can't even talk to this person till you get level four charisma. You can't enter this building until you max out your courage and so on and so forth. So you got to be paying attention to that. There's even just like, a little bit of strategy back there like not really you can do whatever you want pretty much whenever you want but if you know me this is my third persona game so i understand that there is uh efficiency you want to have with these games you don't want to be wasting time doing stuff and yeah you want to try and get results as often and as as best results as you can with your time your time is very very precious here in persona so with that after school, uh, you can return to the dorms, which is your home base in this game. I love the dorm as a home base. You had, um, fuck, I can't remember a lot about Persona 4, apparently. I think you were just in a room. In Persona 5, you were, like, upstairs in a bar. And in this one, you get this huge, beautiful dormitory that you're sharing with your uh, a certain group of classmates. It is dope, dude. Like, I would love that. It was a massive mansion and all these rooms, and like, oh, fuck yeah, it's it's a great home base, I like it, you can do a lot of stuff in your home base, you can cook with your friends, you can uh, go out for walks, you can go plant uh, vegetables on the rooftop garden, yeah, there's a lot to do at home, you can study, go on the computer, play video games, fuck yeah, and uh, a big thing outside of you building up your courage and uh, intelligence and all that stuff, you need it's a very big, you need to be building your relationships with the students and people, your friends around town. That is a huge part of Persona. So you're, you'll be introduced to a massive uh, group of characters, you know, fellow students, fucking old people around town, just random, just a huge mishmash of people in this town. And you want to build up your social relationships with these people. You want to talk to them you want to listen to them you want to know about them and you'll have opportunities to speak with them and depending on what you say you'll get more better faster relationship building results or you can even uh ruin a relationship in this one i think i don't know if that, that happened in any of the other ones this is kind of the first one i can recall that happening but you can like say the wrong things to people and they will be like yo fuck you 
I don't want to be your friend. And then you got to like fix it. And I, that only happened one time. And I think it was supposed to happen, but uh, yeah, I wasn't actively trying to piss people off, but yeah, social interaction is extremely important in persona. And we'll, we'll get to why that's super important because at night, that's when you enter, you can enter Tartarus. You don't have to go in there every night. It's up to you, but Tartarus is this massive building, this huge tower that shows up at midnight, and basically your goal is to climb that bitch, and there's a fuckload of floors, well over 200 floors in Tartarus to climb, and yeah, that's where your kind of your your battle system comes into and that that gun shooting yourself in the head, that's where that comes into play as well. So like I said, at night you go into Tartarus with your group of people and every so many once a month or something there'll be a particular strong shadow. You have to go in and find it. You got to kill it before a certain date and stuff like that. So with the battle system, very similar to your other battle systems in Persona, but if you're not familiar with it, it's a turn-based battle system. And kind of think about, like, Pokemon a little bit, so you'll be battling these shadows, and you and your party, we all have these things called Personas. So Personas, they're... uh, in a way, you know, think again, kind of like Pokemon, There's all these different personas you'll find a lot of them, or if not all of them are based off of like gods and mythical creatures and stuff based off of reality. It's very, very cool. And it's a, a group of, of personas that's been out throughout the whole entire game. I've seen a lot of familiar personas and that's totally fine. Just like in Pokemon, I see Charmander all the time. That's cool. I like Charmander and I'm seeing you know, the similar, uh, you know, Jack Frost, gotta have Jack Frost in your persona, he's like the most iconic persona in, in persona, but yeah, everyone has a persona, they have special traits, they have weaknesses, they have strengths, uh, you in particular, the player that you are, you have the special ability to control as many personas, way more personas than anyone, everyone else is, is limited to one, you can have, as the game goes on, many more personas, which have Lots of benefits, lots of strategical uh, stuff. So your main thing with the combat's turn-based, and your main goal basically is to find the weakness on whatever you're fighting. It it might be wind, it could be fire, water, ice, that kind of shit, right? You know, fire is going to be weak to ice. Ice is going to be weak to fire. I think it's lightning is weak to wind. Wind is weak to fire. You got light, you got dark, you got... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Physical attacks. You got different physical attacks, slashing damage, punching j- damage. You got s- pierce damage. Then you got buffs. You got you know increase your attack, your speed, your accuracy. You got debuffs. Similar thing. You make the, your opponent weaker and shit like that, slower. But the main goal is to hit their weaknesses. That's where you're going to get success. If you hit a weakness, then you get the opportunity to attack again. So that's huge. And if you're able to knock down all the opponents on the field, you get an all-out attack, which everybody that's available, you know, if if all four of your party members are good to go, they'll all get in on the attack, do some big old damage to the opponent, and Bob's your uncle. If, for example, two of your party members are dead or shocked or poisoned, then they don't get to go in on the all-attack. That's basically it. You're just rinsing and repeating. You're getting all these new personas. You're trying to figure out what their deal is. You watch what they're... Oh, he just shot a fireball. All right, I'm going to hit him with some ice and see if that's his weakness. Some enemies don't have weaknesses, and then you got to just 
you know, you just got to get through it. And those are the more challenging fights. It can be a challenging game. I per- I don't have any challenges with it because I-, I tend to grind Persona games pretty good. I like to do a lot of fighting. I like to fight pretty much everything on every single floor, which you absolutely do not have to do. You don't have to do that. I just do. I don't have a problem with it, but that can lead to one of the things that I have a little bit of a problem with, but again, it's kind of a problem of my own making, and it's that the the combat can get repetitive. So in Tartarus, there's like kind of big sections of floors. So you'll have, let's say, floors 1 to 30 is like this one area, and it looks... It has this one looking theme and you're kind of fighting this group of enemies in here over and over again. Then you get to the next section of Tartarus, completely changes, looks completely different, all new enemies and so on and so forth. But sometimes you're spending a long time in one area. Sometimes people will go missing in Tartarus and you have to go back into Tartarus, find the people and so on and so forth. And you don't have to go through all the floors in Tartarus. There is like a time limit. It's like, all right, you got all month to get through 20 floors of Tartarus. It's not that hard. I generally will get through the whole entire section of Tartarus in one go. That's kind of my goal. So not to waste as many days as possible. Try and go into Tartarus at one go, get it all done, and try and go in there as, as minimally as possible. That's my strategy. Don't have to play it that way. But that leads to that combat getting repetitive to me. It's like, oh, here's that same enemy. Bam, fire attack, all out attack. Bam, we're done. But you can streamline it, you can make the combat faster, you can have auto combat where it'll just do the attacking for you. It won't play out the best strategy, but it, it you can do that. Uh, you also have a party member in your group that's kind of the support of the group. They will do things in Tartarus that are really helpful. She can increase your defense, she can scan the floor of Tartarus and show you everything because... Every floor, it's like a mystery. You have to try and make your way through to try and find the stairs to go up to the next floor. They're fairly small. I don't know. Every floor can take five to ten minutes. Some of them, you can get through it in a minute if you just run through it. You don't have, again, don't have to fight everything. You can just run through Tartarus if you want to. You might hit a hard boss fight or two, but yeah, you should, you could be fine. But yeah, your support, she can help you scan the floors and she can help you scan enemies, which is really helpful as well. If you have a particular enemy, you know, you're just, I haven't found the weakness on this guy yet. You can scan him and she will find the weakness for you. It costs, you know, magic points or whatever, a lot of magic points, but yeah, it's really, really useful. And on every floor, not every floor, but some floors have something going on there might be a special enemy that will give you a shitload of experience if you can find it there's hidden treasure chests all over the place you can get fucking treasures you gotta have to find keys to open them you got little items that you can smash open collect little fucking resources yeah there's there's a lot going on on every little floor there's probably there's these like nomad doors they call them you can find these doors you go into it there'll be a tough enemy inside to beat some awesome treasures and then when you get out it'll like scan the floor for you it'll make people weaker and shit like that so that's really cool i like that the support thing was really helpful a lot of times uh, right before uh, you see a really tough enemy up there you're like all right fucking beef up our defense and speed and off we go you'll get these um uh, it's called a th- uh, Thurigy, Thurigy, I don't know. There's like a Thurigy gauge. You fill up this gauge by 
everyone's a little different. You know, it's like, oh, hit weaknesses. You start, you'll fill up the gauge more. One, it's like do healing things. It'll fill up your gauge. And when you fill up the gauge, you get to pull off a sweet ass super move. And these moves are all fucking badass. That was one of my moments. Like the first time I pulled off a Thurigi move, it was dope. I think it was like with Mitsuruku or the names are tough. Names are tough in this game, but uh, she does like an ice thing, and she was like sliding on the ice, she's like cutting up the dudes with her sword, and then she flies up on this giant ice pillar and just like smashes everybody. Yeah, those those are like your not quite Final Fantasy like um, Knights of the Round like seven minute animation, no, but it's just really fast, flashy, over the top attack, and it's sick. And yeah, you're gonna be using those a lot. Your support. She also has like her own little gauge, and when that honestly, I don't know what hers does. It's like random. Most of the time, it'll just like buff up all your stats. Like, all right, we're super beefed up now. Sometimes she'll like randomly fill up your health and like magic meter. I don't know. I really never understood that part of her. But those thirdy gauge attacks, they're fucking sick, super over the top and flashy. I like that. Okay, so I, sh- I should touch on this this whole shooting yourself in the head situation. It's um it's not what you think. So you get these things called evokers. They look like guns, and you have to shoot yourself in the head to make your po- persona do the attack. I have no idea why. It looks cool. It's a little bit shocking, especially reading about it in a magazine when you're like 11 years old. You're like, I gotta shoot myself in the head. What the hell? Anyway, it. You know, it's it's there at the beginning. You're like, whoa, shit, that's it. But you do it a fucking zillion times. Shoot yourself in the head. So it, you get over it pretty quickly. It, it's not that bad. And um, also you'll get a whole bunch of little, like, challenges to do in and out of Tartarus. And I thought there's a huge list. Like, over a hundred little fun tasks and challenges uh, with a huge variety of, of things you'll be doing. She'll be like, yo, bring me this weapon. Bring me this level persona with this, or she'll be completely she's like, yo, bring me these drinks. Go bring me this weird food and, and stuff like that. It's it's very interesting. And she's the one that'll be like, yo, there's this person missing on floor 97. Go find them. And sometimes there'll be cats. Uh, cats will go missing in Tartarus and you'll go find them. And they give you these little blue gems, which are keys to open up the the lock chests all throughout the game. I never had any, I always had so many keys. I never really had to worry about having more keys and shit, but yeah, that's basically the gist of your Tartarus gameplay. You're just going up floors, battling enemies, collecting shit, getting stronger, collecting personas. You can also, at the end of the fights, you'll get shuffle time, which is like the other games. They'll give you like a little row of cards and it's like, Hey, do you want some extra XP? You want, want some extra money? you want access to this persona you can just like take that persona bam it's mine and that leads into the the velvet room stuff so in the velvet room that's where you have elizabeth and igor just two persona staples and that's where you can create your personas so you'll have you know persona a and persona b will combine together to create persona c and yeah it's kind of like mixing pokemon together to create a new pokemon it's it's very cool and there's hundreds of personas to collect and find and they all got different attacks and different fucking personalities and shit like that and they're very very cool and you can get these really awesome special 
uh, fusions, really, he's like really epic monster. You got to put like five personas together and you make this big epic fucking persona. It's sick. It's a lot of fun. It's super addicting. I love collecting the personas and seeing how powerful I can make them. And that is where the social interaction gets connected right here. So your personas, all the personas are linked to social arcanas, your arcana of death, your arcana of the hangman. So there's 13 arcanas and these personas are all uh, bunched into these groups. So with your relationship, let's just simplify it relationship with this person he is the hangman so if my relationship is level five with the hangman then i will get a level five bonus with my persona which is a huge xp bonus the bigger the better your relationship is the bigger that bonus is going to be and it's a it's it's a need man you need that because you'll have a persona it's like all right I'm creating this level 13 persona, but I'm getting a level 7 XP upgrade. This persona is now like level 20, and it learns all these extra moves like Pokemon. They level up, and they hit a certain level. You get this new powerful move, and you only have so many moves that you're allowed to have. You'll have to forget them, and yeah, man, it's a lot of strategy. It's a lot of, not like hardcore strategy, but there's strategy to it. You're like, all right, I want to have, I want to have a guy that can do a lot of magic attacks, have a good variety of magic, so I have my bases covered there. I want to have a physical guy that can just fucking, has a lot of power, maybe some good debuffs so I can lower their defense and just fuck them up. It is awesome. It is a ton of fun, and that just, like, kind of keeps this full circle situation going on. You're like, oh, I need to go hang out with this guy so I can make this more powerful and make that uh, more powerful so I can take on this harder enemy. And yeah, man, it is just a awesome cycle of gameplay. It is incredibly addictive and super duper fun. It's almost, it's like not as like, oh, just one more day, like in Stardew Valley or anything, but it, it kind of is. You're just like, oh, I just want to do one more day. You know, oh, tomorrow's Sunday. That's my day off. I can hang out and do this shit. Like, oh, buddy, it is a ton of fun. So with all those little side quests and shit, you have all that to do uh, in and out of Tartarus, like I said. So, and on top of that, a uh, little extra tidbit here. There's a fast travel in this game and it is much improved over the other Persona games that I've played uh, with fast travel before. It's just like, all right, you can go to this area, or you can go to this floor of this area, shit like that. In this game, you have that and more. Now it's like, oh, this person wants to hang out with you, and you're like, yeah, I want to do that. It'll take you right to their fucking, right in front of their face. Hey, what's up? Hey, uh, this store has a sale going on. It'll, bam, it'll take you right to the front door. It's really good. I like that. That was uh, that was pretty dope. I had to shout that out. The fast travel system is better than I remember it being than before. And I think that's essentially everything with the gameplay. It's just a nice cycle of wanting to have balance. You know, I, I got to make sure I get in enough studies that I'm increasing my personal characteristics. But... I can't be selfish. I need to go out and hang out and make sure I'm building up enough social interactions so I'm not fucking creating these weak-ass personas that aren't going to get me anywhere. And on top of that, building relationships and getting to, like, the next part of the story with these characters is also very addicting because they'll leave you on these, like, cliffhangers. It's like, oh, I got this problem going on, and then, like, oh, find out next week when you talk to me next time to find out the next part of the story. And it's not, like... Like, like I said, you have to also 
like listen to the people that you're talking to and understand what kind of person it is so you make the right decisions when it's like all right what do i want to say to them and that has an effect like i said you can say the wrong thing and it can have a negative impact on your relationship with that person or you can say the right thing and it'll have a huge beneficial positive reaction for our relationship and we can advance the relationship so much faster if i could do these things right and i listen and understand what it is that I need to say to you. Some characters, um, I think with that being said, we can just get into the characters here. Um, talking about my favorite ones, I'm going to throw in a top five favorite characters, but let's get in here. So lots and lots of characters throughout Persona. There's like, well, I guess with the Arcanas, there's got to be like 13 over 13 relationships that you can build. They go to a maximum level of 10. So once you hit 10, you've maxed out that relationship. You'll get access to like the most powerful persona in that arcana and yeah so the one that that was really fun for me he was like kind of a challenge was the smoking and drinking monk so this guy i mean a, a drinking and smoking monk like just that on paper that's that's interesting right there and this dude you meet in the in the club at the bar and before you even get to you can even talk to him you have to have your courage up to a certain level so you can even go into the club but then you start talking to this guy and he is not like a, a, and most of the other characters most of the other characters pretty simple you know just be nice to them and you should be fine this guy he's like no call me out on my shit be a dick to me fucking make fun of me like don't be nice to that man whatever you do do not be nice to the old monk he likes that tough love and I really liked him. He was super cool. Uh, he was a very fun character. I got him uh, tied in my top five. He is number five. He is tied with Kenamata. Kenamata is a is a character. So it may be a little bit of an issue for people because characters are getting introduced to you all throughout the game. Like very late into the game, you're still getting new characters a bit, and Kenamata shows up like. I don't know, halfway, two-thirds of the way through the game, and he's just like this kid, but a really, really sweet kid, really charming kid, and yeah, I, I have him tied with the monk and Kenamata for number five on my, my top five favorite characters in the game, and I'll throw out, there's only one character in this game that I didn't like, uh, I won't go as far to say that I hated this character, not like Teddy, Teddy was damn near insufferable at, at points in Persona 4, but uh, Ch Chihiro... She's just your very standard, fucking super shy, terrified of everything. And yeah, you basically just have to help her out with those problems that she's, ha that she's having in life. And she's just, you know, moment to moment, she's really annoying up until you kind of break through with her. Because she'll just get in these really stupid situations and she just panics and freaks out. And you're like, oh my god, like, it's... She just reminds me too much of my sister. My sister was an incredibly shy kid up until she was like 30. And yeah, I had to deal with this. So that just, I was like, oh, she's just really annoying me. But I uh, didn't like her. But in the end, she was just kind of like, okay. Tanaka. Oh man, Tanaka. So this is the guy, um, every Sunday you turn on the TV and there's uh, the amazing commodities. And this guy is the host. And you can actually become friends with him. It's a little bit tricky. You have to like hit certain parameters with other people and do certain things to get him. But he's a lot of fun, man. He's just like really corrupted, um, like money hungry fucking TV host. But yeah, that was a really fun relationship. Uh, he's outside of my top five. It was a really short relationship. He was like kind of there and gone. But uh, he was really cool. 
I think the cooler ones are the ones that you have parameters like, oh, I got to hit a certain level of intelligence to talk to this person. Now, I have a little bit of a gripe with this persona in particular because in all the other Persona games, you can get very one-on-one with every single one of your party members. In Persona 3, you can only get like close with a couple of them. And, you know, for I couldn't have a relationship with Junpei the way that I wanted to. Like, Junpei, there wasn't a one-on-one relationship with me and him. Junpei was, was kind of clumped into the, a, a, a team relationship, which kind of disappointed me. Like, I still got close with Junpei. It was just in a different way. I didn't have that one-on-one, which I was kind of missing. Like, I love getting to know my group very closely and I, I wasn't able to do that with Junpei with Sonata and I was like okay that without Ken and and yeah so you had to do it in different ways um those ways were fine like I still was getting a bit of what I was looking for but there's a later part in the game where another character shows up and he starts hanging out with Junpei and I'm like what the fuck man like I want to hang out with Junpei like that's not cool so yeah um obviously I like Junpei quite a bit he is on my top five um, he is, well, before I get to him, let's talk about the online gamer. The online gamer is a very, very interesting character. I love this character. Um, literally, you can only interact with this person on Sundays, your day off. That's the only day that you can get onto the computer. And that's the only day that she's on the computer too. And it's just this online gamer. You don't know what they look like. You don't know who they are. And, well, you'll you'll learn a few things here or there about who they may be. And, man, once you, you have to get through the ending of that relationship, the payoff at the end is so fucking good. Oh, man. So that's number four on my top five characters. Oh, and also with the online gamer, she talks like... Um, like a 12-year-old online gamer, like, you know, noob and leet and all these weird spellings that, like, like if your grandma tried to read it, she'd have no idea what the fuck she's talking about. But I, I love that character. Super awesome. And maybe the best payoff at the end of that relationship. Oh, my God, that was so funny. Won't spoil it. Won't spoil it. Number three on my list is Junpei. Junpei is awesome. I, at first, like, I was not turned off by Junpei. I was just like, oh, okay, so this is my standard goofy funny guy, but he actually has a lot more depth to him than you would think of him at the beginning of the game. Like, he really develops some uh, pretty intense relationships with some other characters, deals with some very intense heartbreak, even has beef with you at one point. Like, there's a time there where, like, you and Junpei are not cool, and I was like, yo, like, what the fuck, man? So, really like Junpei, and again, the voice acting just an outstanding performance from the Junpei actor like really put it out there man there's a lot of emotion and power behind that performance really really like Junpei and then you get Koromaru oh my goodness I don't know if I really want to say too much about Koromaru um it's a later game edition and it's just awesome like once once you see and know what Karamaru is you really don't need to say much more than than it's just Karamaru man like it's the shit. I mean, Karma is the homie. So, and number one, my favorite character in Persona 3 Reload is Elizabeth. Oh my god. So Elizabeth, she is in the blue room. She's the kind of the helper for Igor. She helps you out. She gives you all the tasks. But the best thing about Elizabeth is she will ask you to take her out on the town. She's like... She's not normal. I don't know what the fuck she is, but she's an angel or something, a devil. I don't know, but she doesn't live 
in our world of existence and she'll be like yo can you take me out like she'll ask you like hey can you take me to your school show me around like i want to hear like i want to see what a tree is i want to see what a water fountain is and she's just like a fucking like a little child she's like oh this is so cool like oh my god this is what uh, water is and like it is I love Elizabeth. She is so cute. She's so charming and funny and awesome. I love Elizabeth. Absolutely. Do always take her out. It doesn't even take time, like time out of your schedule. Like everything takes time. Like, oh, I want to go eat at this restaurant. Okay, well, that's my afternoon gone. Or I want to go work at this fucking movie theater. That's, That's my night. That's my evening gone. But with her... It doesn't even take the time. So it is probably the highlight of the game, the best moments, the funniest, most persona-y moments, if you will, are with Elizabeth. She is awesome. Fucking love Elizabeth. But that, you know, all the characters in there, there's like, that was a hard top five to make. Like, pretty much everyone after that, they're very close together. Like, everybody was good. Fuka, she was kind of like borderline that annoying super shy but she emerges she starts you know getting into cooking and you start you know helping her with the cooking that was pretty good fucking sumitsu man that kid was nuts this was the only kid that we got in like my relationship actually actually like fell apart with him i said something wrong he fucking ran off and i ended up having to save him which saved our relationship but this guy is just all about food all he wants to do is eat 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 and talk about food and that was really cool kamiki was all right i don't really want to talk too much about kamiki because his thing is 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 very evident it's a sweet story it's uh it's pretty good we talked about chihiro fushimi your classic super shy terrified of everything uh, Mitsuro Kurijo, she was interesting. I didn't get to, like, with everybody here, I got pretty much everybody maxed out except, like, three people. Everyone I got to, I think, like, minimum level five. So I got a good gist of everybody. But Kurijo, she's, like, the older girl in your group at the at the dorm. And she kind of comes off as this, like, you know, um, fancy rich girl. But then you start hanging out with her. And she's, like, really, like socially unaware of stuff like she doesn't she's never been to the movies before she hasn't experienced the really simple things that people have experienced so she's interesting to uh, I, I wish i could have finished my my relationship with her see where that ended but uh she was pretty good iragaki he's a, a late game character not gonna say much about him uh odagiri was fine tanaka was sick uh yuko nishawaki i will admit so you can have a girlfriend in these games i chose yuko she just seemed really smart and strong and independent a girl that i would probably have interest in if if it was real life she was really sweet you get like these like little kids come up to you and you're on the track team and they just want to like race older kids and you like coach them up with Yuko. That was great. Uh, Miyamoto, he's on the track team with you. He's dealing with some injuries and you're trying to coach him through this stuff. Oh man, there's, there's a lot. I don't think I can go through every single character. There's, there's just so fucking many of them. Uh, Agus, Agus is awesome. I can't really talk too much about her without spoiling her character, but She's another one that develops very interestingly throughout the game, and it's a relationship you can't even get started until, like, the last quarter of the game. So you gotta, like, really power through with her, but that one was really good. Oh, fuck, man. There's... Oh, the old couple. Oh, the little old couple. They were so fucking cute. Oh, my goodness. This, like, 
little old couple, you own a little bookstore, you go in there and they're just so nice to you. And yeah, you have to help them out with a little something, but fuck man, the characters, characters in Persona are dope. Uh, they have antagonists, like your, your bad people. There's like a, a little group, a little group, a little trio group here of people, uh, doing some bad stuff. It was a pretty good group of bad guys. Like I thought that was, you know, I'm not going to go into them too much, but they were, they were pretty interesting. The main dude with no shirt the whole time. Like what the fuck is that guy's deal? Uh, the enemies in this game, like the big boss fights that you're doing, really cool looking creatures that you're fighting. Uh, the final shadow. So like your main thing is like 12 shadows, you know, uh, 12 sections of Tartarus and each one has a main shadow. You take out the 12 shadows and, and yeah, um, the 12th one looked awesome. The final, final fight that, that final creature Nyx. Oh my God. That thing was like awesome, but also like unsettling. Like its face was like fucking freaky a little bit and uh yeah man like without spoiling it the story like it takes a minute to get going like it's it's very kind of open-ended mysterious in the first like half of the game but once you hit this point and like it fucking hits the wall you're like damn like this story is dope it's dark it's sinister it's fucked up and i really really like the story man like i was hook line and sinker at the end of the game i I got emotional, didn't cry, but I was not in a sad way. I was just very happy. They do a beautiful thing at the end of the game where, you know, how games do. They kind of, like, remind you of all the great things that you've done and remind you of all the great times you had with these people. And you're just like, oh, oh, the feels, my heart right now, my heart, it's it's getting tad. But, yeah, man, they, they crushed the ending of this game. It was so beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ending of the game. So we'll touch on... Some of the moments that I experienced throughout this game without spoiling anything. Um, the Elizabeth stuff, like I said. Uh, taking her out around the town is is probably my favorite part of the game. It was so funny. I, I think it's like three or four, maybe five times you take her out. All of them were fucking 10 out of 10 moments. Super awesome. Uh, of course, it's it's not a Persona game if you don't have a beach moment where you're you go you take all your all the homies all of us are going to the beach and you got to see the girls in their bathing suits that it's not a persona game if they don't do that so of course got to shout out the beach moment and uh, oh the summer festival summer festival was a lot of fun you get to go with your significant other if you have one so i went with yuko and it was great you know you go out and experience the the cultural festival and that was fun Oh, buddy. So when it comes to fusing personas, this only happened a handful of times. I think three times it happened. But uh, things can go wrong when you're combining personas together. And basically, you'll have like a botched fusion. And you will get something that you did not ask for. And every time it happened, it happened like I was like, yo, this thing's going to be so powerful. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to be, you know, it's supposed to come out like this level fucking 50 powerhouse. And then I get like a level eight piece of shit. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with that? So that made me uh, not very happy. But you get these. So back to like not being able to have like one-on-one time with Junpei in like that social link way. You get to do it in different ways. So with, um, with Koromoru, you have, you can watch like. A series of movies with him and those were awesome you're watching like wolf documentaries with him and that is just fucking hilarious if you know you know if you don't oh well but yeah with Junpei 
You'll like read a series of manga together with Sonata. You're watching like boxing matches together with uh, Mitsuru. You can like cook with her. She'll make tea. Kenamata, he'll make coffee with you. Like, yeah, you can do like other stuff on the outside of social link stuff. It's it's very cool, and you get some really funny moments, like watching a wolf documentary with Karamaru. That is awesome. Also, a uh, little tidbit: you might you might miss this, but. Make sure you're watching the videos in the command room. They are fucking hilarious. I I personally forgot about them until like late game. We're all in there and I'm like, oh yeah, there's like little videos here. So I watched like eight of them in a row and it's like these little clips of like your fucking dorm mates being goofballs in the room or something. It's, It's worth checking them out. That was a lot of fun. Spending Christmas Eve at the mall with with Yuko, my significant other, that was really sweet. You experience Christmas a lot different in Japan, but um, they they kind of did like uh, how we would do it here in the West, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, that was cool. My first encounter with the Reaper and Tartarus. Holy shit! So the Reaper is is kind of throughout all the games, and whenever you're in Tartarus or wherever you are, if you spend too much time on a floor, then the Reaper's gonna come after you, and the Reaper is this super, super powerful thing that will kill you immediately, and that's exactly what he did to me. I didn't, I was going to go back and and challenge him when I was at my my highest of powers, but I have not gone back and done that yet, so we'll see. I don't know if I'm gonna go and try and do that. Seems like a hell of a fight, and then, yes, the, the ending moment, like I talked about, absolutely beautiful it's um yeah man i i love i love a game that can wrap it up tie it up and and give you a nice recap because it's a very very long video game and a lot goes down and i I loved that little flashback of all your your friends kind of popping up and saying like oh you helped me with this you helped me realize this about myself you made me a better person and it's just like but it's it's not it's it's real though it's like actually things that i actually did help them with like there are there are opportunities i imagine that I could have, like, with Chir- with uh, Chihiro, for example, there with her, you have to like stop her bullshit. You have to be like, no, you you have to do this on your own, or you have the option to just kind of be like, ah, don't worry about it, it's fine, you'll be okay. And like, no, I was like, no, I want to fucking stop this shit. Like, you're not going to have a a fulfilled life if you live like this. So, putting that shit to an end, and her like, you know saying thank you for that that just like fucking tugged at the heartstrings it's like oh oh god god jeez don't cry and it didn't I, I swear it didn't but uh fuck man that is persona 3 man an, an absolutely epic video game uh so many story moments and amazing cast of characters uh the only thing is it, it was a little long i felt like it went on a little bit too long um in the middle of uh four and five so i found that persona 5 just went on for like 50 extra hours out of nowhere. I was like, all right. I wasn't really complaining, but I was like, there was a handful of times like we could have ended this, but it just kept going. Persona 4, I don't think really had that problem. I I actually felt like I wanted a little bit more there. And then Persona 3, not as bad as 5, but I definitely felt like it dragged on for maybe 10, 15 hours a little bit too much maybe. I don't know. Again, not really complaining, but I looked up on the interwebs, how long it takes to beat this game, and I'm getting insane numbers, bro, I don't know how people are saying that you can beat this game in 59 hours, don't know how that's possible, you are, if you are beating it in 59 hours, then you are not experiencing Persona the right way, gotta take your time with it, it's not a game that is demanding a lot out of you, other than your time, but it is not demanding, like, you better be here every day, 
it's not a hardcore video game. Like I could take a week off of it, come back and you can pick up your relationships. You can go into the menu and it'll tell you like what is going on with this relationship, what they're dealing with, what your standing is in this relationship. So it's a game that you can take your time with or you can power through it like I did because I just fucking love these games and I just cannot stop playing them. I love this cycle of just, you know, being as efficient as I can with my time and, and doing as much as I can. It's so fucking fun. I love Persona. Absolutely love Persona. So let's talk about the pros and the cons overall. I'm going to score this bitch and I'll send you guys on your way. So... With the cons, like I said, the graphics at points lack a little bit of detail. I'm not taking a big negative on that, but it is getting mentioned. The combat can get repetitive if you're playing the game like me, where you're going into Tartarus, and I am in there for like three hours. I am I am getting through it, and that is that. So it can get repetitive if you're doing that. And I felt like the game went on a little bit too long, a little too long. Maybe take out two of those 12 shadows, maybe. I don't know. Just dragged on a little bit. Now with the pros, addicting gameplay loop. Loop. I mean the the just I can I just I can't wait for the next day of shit I'm going to do. I'm like, all right, I want to do this, want to do that. There's never like maybe a little bit at the end of the game where um like I already had all my characteristics maxed out. I had a lot of my relationships maxed out. Where there were nights where I didn't have much to do. I didn't have a relationship I can go work on. I didn't have uh, an activity that can go level up my characteristics because they're already maxed out. So I found myself, like, last quarter of the game, all I was doing, I would go to the club, buy these um, little date note things for the computer, and you can go on the computer and, you know, uh, pick whatever social link you have, and you can, like, get a little upgrade, a little a little, exp, a little extra XP. So I was just doing that night after night after night. Maybe take um, take a walk every now and again. Go up to the garden, do some shit. But yeah, for that that back half, there was now that was mostly on me because I just was very focused on my nighttime social links. Like I made sure I got the monk and Tanaka done every single night. They're out there. I'm going to see them because I didn't know how long they were gonna stick around. But yeah, so. You're going to have a little bit of problems with that, but other than that, the game is outstandingly fun to go through in terms of the gameplay loop. Uh, fun, flashy combat. The characters and the story in this game are outstanding. Music and voice acting also outstanding, and the art style in this game is going to last a very long time, and it's going to look great for a long time. So there you go, everybody. I'm going to hit this game with an 8.5 out of 10. I will say that is... Maybe my least favorite of the three Persona games that I've played so far, but I've gone in reverse order. I've gone four, I've gone five, four, and three. So that's probably, but I've loved all of them. They're all excellent RPGs. I know that they're not everybody's cup of tea. They're extremely long and they're they're a little heavy on the Japanese anime situation. But um, fuck, man, I am so happy I got into these this franchise of games. I cannot wait for the next Persona game. It's going to be amazing. And yeah, I am always going to be down for Persona. Hopefully they they do more of this. Like do a remake if they could do remakes of one and two, that would be sick. Um, I don't think it's really necessary to do it for four. They did the the remastered re-release. I thought that was outstanding. Played that last year, one of my favorite games. And then there's Persona Five, probably one of the best RPGs I've ever played. Period. 
So there you go, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed the Persona 3 Reload as much as I did playing through it. It's a, it's a very... That is the biggest negative with Persona games is when they're done, that is a hell of a void to fill. Like, Persona becomes a lifestyle for me. Like, I get up playing my Persona, and now it's gone. I'm like, what the fuck do I do with myself? So, yeah, hopefully I can fill that up with some Sekiro and uh, maybe some racing games and shit like that. But, yes, there you go, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed the review. Hopefully you're having a good time and all that great stuff. You want to be more awesome than you already are listening to this? Make sure you're hitting that review. Hit the stars. Hit the like. Do whatever you got to do to uh, help out this little podcast. Help me out and all that great stuff. You want to drop a comment or anything like that? Have a question answered live on the podcast? There's a Twitter page down in the description or the description box. Follow along on Twitter. I put up my announcements as best as I can. And the best place to go is the YouTube channel GamerGX Videos. I upload every episode over there. And a great place to drop a comment on the YouTube channel. Leave a question there. I'll answer it live for you on the podcast if you'd like me to. There's also an email address if you just want to have a private conversation. Absolutely. My door is open for y'all. And there you go, everybody. Go out there, play some Persona, especially if you never played it before. And if you have played Persona, what is your favorite Persona? I think Persona 5 is still my favorite because it was my first one. So, but they're all great. I love Shin Megami Tensei as well. And I have I have Persona Tactica on the Xbox as well. I'm planning on playing that soon as well. So there you go, everybody. We'll be back again soon with some more GX Plus Cast.